0: Welcome to another edition of Wise Counsel Weekly, presented by the Advisors at Athenian Consulting. I am your host, Tanyan Farley, and I have with me my co-host, Alex Francis. Alex, how are you doing this morning?
1: Doing great, man. How's it going out there?
0: It is going well. It is a beautiful, sunny day here in Houston, Texas. We've had rain quite a bit the last couple weeks, as you know, so we're enjoying the sun today. I think it's been interesting as we start to venture out in this post-quarantine world to see how things have changed. I know for me in the neighborhood that I live in, a lot of the businesses um, that I'm used to seeing have started to shut down or have repositioned their their way of operating. I've even seen businesses that own multiple uh, chains of a restaurant have consolidated into one or two locations. So it's been kind of interesting. What are some of the things you've been seeing in the area where you live, Alex? Um-
1: kind of been seeing the same things. Um, I live in a, a lot of blue collar, I live in a blue collar neighborhood most uh, for the most part. Um, and from just the people that I see going out every day, a lot of people are still working pretty hard. Uh, but a lot of people aren't really quarantined like a lot of states are out there. Um, so for us, a lot of things are kind of getting back to normal. Um, I'm, I'm starting to see some RFPs coming back out uh, in emails and seeing some bids starting to go back live. Um, digital meetings are still going strong. Uh, But other than that, uh, I feel like people are trying to get things back together.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree that the emergence of some of the opportunities that haven't been there the last couple months is definitely a good sign. I also think it's great. I'm starting to see businesses put for hire outside, which is nice to see some people that may have lost their jobs to start to come back. So I'm definitely excited about uh, the world we're heading back to and hopefully to getting back to a bit of a routine. I know that the routine at home for me has been different than my routine on the road as I'm sure it's been for you, Alex. So I think we're looking forward to that uh, as well. So what do we got today, Alex? What's on the slate for the podcast? All right, today's agenda
1: uh, for the main content, we don't have a guest this week. So Tane, I I will be discussing disruption and how it affects you personally and professionally. Uh, then we'll move into some quick hits from our managing partner. And today we have two big threes for you guys. Bonus. Uh, first. A the bonus first big three. I love it. <laughs> the first would be things that you have done way too many times during quarantine. <laughs> and then the second big three we'll have will be key steps to cultivating success in your organization. So, so let's head into game
0: time, baby. A, a little a little bit of positive, a little bit of serious with the big three today? Absolutely, man. We're trying to get the people what they want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So game time today, as Alex mentioned, is disruption. Uh, I think for many people, it is a buzzword that they see on television, that they see on social media, that they see in emails, but a lot of times I don't think people fully understand what disruption is, and I know for Alex and myself, disruption is a very big part of what we do and what we do at Athenian, is understanding what the world is going to look like in the future. So when you think about disruption, I want you to think about the way things are today and how they may change. For example, Amazon is the key prime example of disruption that you can think of. They took a concept of selling books in a store and completely modernized it, made it digital, and look what Amazon's grown today. I mean, they are to the point where they sell everything we need. And I think during this quarantine, their value has gone up exponentially just as people that maybe didn't use Amazon before have started to see the value in Amazon. So disruption really boils down to looking at the way something operates today and how you can take advantage of things that businesses aren't doing the best they could or doing correctly and finding better ways to make that happen. I've been listening to uh, some information from Clay Christensen, who's a was a professor at at Harvard Business School who taught a lot about disruption. And one of the things that he speaks on pretty regularly is to truly facilitate a disruptive nature in your organization, in your personal life, to make better changes, to uh, be more effective, to be more successful, you really have to plan and allocate resources and time for that. So what do I mean by that? When you think about the world we live in, not only today, but really in the lifetime that we've lived, many people are very concerned with planning over the next six to 12 months. It could even be in the next two weeks, right? In a time like this where businesses are fighting week to week, it's a week to week thought. So Christensen really talks about the importance of allocating resources, time, um, and infrastructure to planning to look at what five years, 10 years ahead is you want your business to look like what it can look like based on market trends that are happening, how you can capitalize on inefficiencies or processes that your competitors maybe aren't doing great at this time, and then walk that back. So start at your goal of what you want to look like, and then walk that back five years, 10 years to now, and develop a strategy to get there. Now, the difficult piece, and and Alex knows this as being a part of a growing firm, and we've seen this time after time with our clients, is balancing the art of what's possible versus what we have to do right now. And so this really comes into play with disruption. When you think about walking it back, developing a strategy for now, you currently have a battle between my strategy to survive for the next month versus my strategy to grow into this market disruptor over the next five to 10 years. So I think for a business is very key that you spend time to look at what that might look like in five to 10 years and then walk it back. Spend time to think about key milestones along the way. We talk a lot about checkpoints in our business. We talk a lot about about benchmarking in our business. And so understanding along the way where you can pivot, look one way or the other, to understand if you're on track to your goal, if there's changes that might be made, uh, I think is very important. And I think really will lead to positive disruption in your market and and in your personal life as well. I think a, a prime example that we're seeing in today's world based off the fallout from COVID is really with professional sports. And I'm gonna use the NFL as an example right now. Uh, when you look at attendance in professional sports over the last several years, it's already been declining, right? And why has it been declining? Readily available viewing information, data from these games is everywhere. Right? You can get it on your phone, you can get it on applications. You don't have to go to the stadium. The cost of attendance to a game has obviously gone up over the last century. And with that, the ease of availability to view the game has gone up. So naturally, you're creating a lack of demand. With the impact from the COVID fallout, you're starting to see, and NFL teams are already starting to grapple with this, right? I've read some articles on this. I've had some conversations with folks that work in the NFL, and they're starting to grapple with this, but they are going to be. NFL teams this year, where a lot of their season ticket holders, right? If you think about a season ticket holder being 50 and above for the majority of NFL teams, they're putting themselves at risk by going to games, especially if it's packed in, if there's not some sort of spacing that's put into place. So, with that comes several things that fall out from that. One, you think about conventionally in markets where There's not a lot of attendance at games. The local games are usually blacked out on television. So what that means is if I live in Houston and there's not X amount of attendance at a Houston Texans game, if I'm trying to tune in to the Texans game on CBS on whatever channel it is in Houston, I won't be able to get that because there's a lack of attendance at the game. I think for the first time in a long time, we're going to see the NFL and local networks go away with that rule this fall, because I think there's going to be a drive for folks to not attend games out of safety precautions. And with that is going to come more people viewing digitally, more people viewing via television, more people viewing via applications. So I think a prime example of disruption that's occurring right now is what the NFL is doing in response to that. So selling sponsorships through the application on different pieces of the live game, finding new ways to interact with fans during the game, whether it's social, whether it's live stream, whatever it may be. I think we're going to see a very interesting world coming forth from the disruption caused from COVID. And I think the NFL is a really exciting example of that, especially for folks that like to consume that kind of content digitally. So I think it's very entertaining to see how that pans out over the next few months and really in the fall. What do you think about that, Alex? hundred percent
1: agree with everything you said right there. Um, the disruption of that um, affecting the industry is a huge uh, situation as a whole. And I'll use another example, um, just how you have to wrap your head around both sides of disruption, like you were kind of mentioning um, internally for you and your business as well for your customers. How customers and companies operated last year, and the way you targeted those businesses toward your business toward them, can possibly both be completely different now. Um, I use an example from a family member of mine, so that who has a tech implementation company. Um, so companies now, knowing with, with you know, with the effects of COVID, uh, that they can achieve a lot more with uh, some of their employees working from home and having less overhead costs of having large office spaces. So that. Um, you know, can help their bottom line go up from there. Um, so, usually with a tech implementation company, they'll work on pitching an infrastructure tech for a firm um, to a building, you know, entire land network in house. But uh, that family member and I discussed was possibly transitioning to how you approach these companies now to maybe going back to um, offering services for home computers or offering services for uh, network and security for that firm's network that'll be wi-fi related now um and seeing that change and and is what disruption leads to and making sure that like you just said thinking forward 10 12 years and then working that plan backwards to making sure that you and your company are still having the uh, infrastructure in
0: place to have the access that you're looking to achieve yeah i i think that's dead on working that backwards taking those examples like you just mentioned i mean there's countless examples in the world we live in today especially when it comes towards to how people are changing their business or themselves right uh to better accommodate the new world that we're going to be running into as well as to take advantage of marketing efficiencies so from a personal development standpoint alex how do you think disruption and and the way the markets come is really going to impact people going forward I mean, honestly, when you think about disruption,
1: you kind of have a green light in in two aspects of personal development. Uh, it's a chance to develop new skills, techniques about yourself professionally or about your or with your business, um, so you can keep soaring, doing well, achieving higher goals. Um, for me personally, I've uh, wanted to get a few certifications for a little while now, and I just haven't had the time to. Um, and with COVID-19 and kind of a little stay-at-home orders, I've had a few a little bit more time to study, a little bit more time to take these tests and achieve some of the certifications I've been looking for. Um, and as well as also a green light on the other hand, as a chance to pivot. Um, if your current plan isn't going the way you'd like it to, if you haven't had a chance to slow down and make that adjustment that you've already have ready to go, you have that plan in place, but because you have to pay the bills, because you have to you know finish out a semester of school and classes, or you just have to keep your lights on for your company during a disruption, is, this is your chance, this is your shot to make that change in your life. Um, disruption kind of provides an opportunity to assess and potentially realign critical fundamental element elements uh, that drive organizational success. Um, here at Athenian, we're making sure that we understand our why right now in this, in this time of disruption um, and making sure that our target offerings are aligned across the board. And that way we'll have a consistent philosophy internally as well as consistent message to our customers.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think with personal development, especially during this time, you're exactly right. Understanding the disruptions that are being put upon you and then finding ways for your personal development to disrupt status quos and inefficiencies I think is really important. I think the one thing that people need to take away from this quarantine, this time of self-isolation is, I hope that the person that walked into quarantine is not the same person that walked out of quarantine for everyone that's listening. That's I not- think. I think that there is you're doing yourself a disservice if that's the case. There is so much to be learned from this. I think about, uh, you know, how people can focus on themselves. And I think about the loneliness and isolation that people have felt. I mean, a quote that I really like from uh, Haruki Murukama, Murukami, uh <laughs> When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what the storm is all about. So I think as we as our society begins to emerge from our caves, really, and adapt to a new normal, the importance of what comes after the storm is the light at the end of the tunnel for me, right? I think about, you know, we live in Texas, and you know there's a lot of songs about pray for rain and and rain for the crops. I think rain brings crops, rain brings flowers, and I think it brings hope, right? So I think for a lot of people, this storm that's been over us, I think looking internally right, and understanding how you can be a better friend, a better family member, and then professionally, to your point, Alex, what kind of things can you do to add to your toolkit? I know a lot of people have lost their jobs, have lost loved ones during this time. I think coming out of this as a better person professionally and personally is incredibly important. Understanding how you can grow through that, through the tools that you may have. I think the other thing to take away is you're not alone. right? I think that during this time, people feel so alone and feel so isolated. And I think understanding the things that are happening to you are happening to so many people. And when you can take that perspective and flip it the other way so that you don't feel like this is about me, it's about we, I think that's really, really important. So I, I hope that people out there really think about that during this time, that, that as you kind of get back to you know, a, a new world here that you've grown from this, whether you've looked at that or not yet, I hope you spend time to kind of reflect on that a bit. Right,
1: and that made me just think of uh, my own quote that I had in mind when you brought up yours. Um, In the midst of chaos, there is always opportunity. And that's from Sun Tzu, I know how to say his name. (laughs) But uh, it kind of made me think of another friend of mine who was laid off uh, due to COVID as well, but he always had this plan in place uh, to start real estate. And this is his chance to start real estate. He already has his loan approved. He's starting to flip his first house.
0: And then who knows what opportunities will take him from there. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh. Those are great opportunities to hear. And I hope more and more people see that and can take advantage of that for sure. Absolutely. So Let's head into some quick hits. Thoughts from our managing partner, Bobby Dixon. All right, now we bring on managing partner Bobby Dixon for some quick hits. Bobby, we got a slate of questions for you today. How are you doing? I'm great, guys. How are you this morning? I'm back, I'm Well, yeah, doing well. It's been a good morning so far. We're looking forward to, you know, getting some more activities back in our life now that Texas is starting to open up a bit. So it's a good day.
2: Understood, understood. All
1: right. So first question we have for you today, Bobby, is as the economy, as the economy is opening, reopening and opening back up, what can I focus on as a business to ensure I have key elements in place for sustainability?
2: So, um, so great question, Alex. Uh, you know, what I will say is that in any organization, there are, you know, just certain key and critical elements that are going to drive sustainability uh, and overall effectiveness. I mean, there's several. And in the interest of time, you know, maybe I'll just highlight a few. Uh, but. Yeah, when when you think about it, there's a shared value system uh, that is a critical baseline, right, for, for organizational effectiveness. But what do I mean by shared values? Uh, that is essentially the things and guidelines that are critically important, mm-hmm. right? The compass, you know, in an organization. Um, uh, you know, how do we deliver quality goods and services, right? How do we satisfy our customers? What are the values that are important to us? What is our mission statement? You know, those sorts of things, you know, what do we rally around, you know, as, as a unit organization a or company? So, you know, shared value system is a key element. Uh, you know, from that shared value system, a strategy has to develop, be developed, right? And, and strategy can be defined as sort of how does a company or an organization create value in a given market and establish a comparative advantage? Right. So if you think about, you know, goods and services, uh, are you going to be a low cost provider? Uh, Are you going to be a high end provider that's going to compete on the basis of uh, creating a willingness to pay? Um, You know, are you going to compete on the basis of innovation? You know, what is your strategy? Right. Not necessarily how do you do things better, quicker or faster, but how do you do things differently to establish a a competitive advantage Um, and then structure. Structure would be simply, you know, the way in which people and processes are arranged within an organization, right? Uh, you've got all sorts of different structures. You can have a functional structure, a divisional structure, a matrix structure, a network structure. Uh, mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. But what fits uh, your strategy, right? Uh, and then we could talk about systems and styles and, and those sorts of things. But in the interest of time, Alex, uh, you know, those are a few fundamental key elements that an organization Truly needs uh, to drive sustainability and effectiveness.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I think those hit the nail on the head, especially for folks that are trying to navigate. You know what's important right now to focus on, and I know you mentioned strategy is one of those. You know, we talked earlier in the podcast about market disruption and and how you can plan for it. How it's a little difficult to balance what's going on now versus what's going on for your future goals. So I guess a question to you is for our owners out there, what is your take, Bobby, on investing in disruption for the future versus what I'm investing now to to keep my business alive and my short-term strategy? Sure.
2: Uh, so, today, most businesses are, are, are focusing on survival. We've talked about that in one of our early podcasts, I mean, what are the sets of tasks and activities and how do you arrange people and systems uh, around just surviving for the day. Uh, the markets are evolving, you know, right in front of our eyes. They're, they're very volatile, so, so that's the thing you have to do. Uh, but in answering your question, you know, I think about it like, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky was a great hockey player. They asked him what made him great, right, and what set him apart from all the other people who played. And and, and what he said was, when I skated and saw the puck, I skated to where I believed the puck was going to be as opposed to where it was right? Uh, and with that mindset, you know, uh, and obviously skill and intuition, you know, I was able to sort of become a disruptive and proactive force, right, uh, in and on the hockey rink, right? And so what I would tell business owners or, or, or business leaders, right, is spend some time understanding that while we're in survival mode, right, the market is moving somewhere. And what this pandemic has caused us uh, to think about is, uh, with a quickened pace, right? Our markets in, in various industries are moving, whether it be teleworking, whether it be uh, virtual meetings, whatever the case may be. I mean, things, uh, a lot of them won't be the same. So Tanya, I, I would say, uh, you know, while we're focused on survival, right? You know, whatever market, whatever vertical, whatever geo-focus, you know, we are in, think about it like Wayne Gretzky did, which is, you know, skate to wear the the puck, where the market is going to be so in downtime you know let's have folks you know trying to understand that right Mm -hmm. um and i think that will allow you to 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 focus
0: on being a disruptive force you know in the market i think that's a great metaphor i mean i think for our listeners out there that maybe don't understand disruption uh completely i think the wayne gretzky metaphor is one of the great ones and i think it makes a lot of sense uh visually right for us to understand that as well so i think that was well said Absolutely. And
1: just still staying on that point of uh, disruption and strategy and looking forward and ahead. So like during this disruption in this, in this pandemic, um, we saw people rush out to buy you know, toilet paper and hoard that for themselves. Usually when we see hurricanes down here in Houston, a lot of people run out to get cash from ATMs on hand just in case uh, POS systems go down or anything like that. So for businesses in this disruptive era, with investing and, and getting your strategy together, um, do you think it's still necessary to continue to keep a lot of your money on hand and hoard assets and cash? Or will credit suffice in this digital era with the crisis going on in society?
2: Gotcha. You know, you know what we saw in the grocery stores uh, with these uh, purchases and hoarding goods was sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, uh, in play, right? You know, at the at the very core uh you know maslow says a human is going to satisfy the basic need of safety and security you know first uh it's so you know whether there's a market driven force a, a a supply shortage whatever the case may be or not be the human psyche is right. going to say you know i'm going to meet my basic needs first right and so i mean that's what we saw kind of going on in the, in the stores even though there's no real shortage of, of goods and services at that time. Uh, in business, I think it's the same way, right? Uh, and I think cash on hand could be equivalent to that base level in Maslow's pyramid, which is safety and security, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in any constrained market, you know, we want to maximize and hold on to as much cash on hand as possible, right? You know, but, but in answering your question, I would say, uh, obviously, you have to look at capital markets at the same time. We know that right now uh, the cost of debt uh, is lower than it's been in, in, in recent decades, and so if you can access debt, you know whether it be you know, through small business uh, stimulus package or through you know debt markets um, on a conventional side, we know that you're going to pay relatively uh, cheaper rates, right, than ever before, right, and if you can use that debt uh, to drive growth, then I would say yeah, you need to strike some balance between cash on hand right, and, 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 and credit markets, right? That safety and security is going to be that base level, layer that debt on top, right, to sort of meet some next level leaves, which is um, sort of how do we grow beyond this space, right? Uh, and get ourselves in position when the, when, the, uh, when the markets come back on. I mean, the, the other component of, of capital markets is obviously equity, uh, which is going to, you know, carry a, a, a higher cost of capital. Uh, but I think when you, when, you, when you factor in, you know, where you want to allocate capital, you come into some weighted average, right? right. You know, and that's going to just be based on the risk in your business, uh, the cost associated with each component of capital uh, and some other things. But in right. answering your question, yeah, you, you want to make sure liquidity uh, is the priority because we don't know how long you know, this is going to last. Uh, we don't know the, the overriding impact, you know, in our industries. And we don't know, people talk about the new norms. We don't know what those new norms are, right? Um, uh, but in the meantime, our operating costs and our operating models, you know, continue to be consistent. And so we need that cash.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's really in line. What Bobby just lined out is exactly some of the principles that Ray Dalio really mentions as far as when you talk about equities versus you know liabilities and assets. And so I think that, that was really well stated. One of the things you mentioned in that that I thought was kind of interesting is, you know, this new normal that we're going into. And I think one of the things that's coming into the new normal circles back to really what you talked about in question one, which was, you know, shared values of a business. So right now, I think businesses are looking internally to try and decide what those shared values may be in this new normal. So how would you recommend a team go about defining those, those shared values when maybe they had a set before and maybe it's changed?
2: Now, I like that question. And I think times like these uh, present a great opportunity to reevaluate you know, the value system and then create a new rallying point, right? You know, and so when I think about you, know, you know, where you can start creating shared values within an organization, um, what do you want to be known for? Uh, who do you want to be known by right uh, and what are the guiding principles you know around servicing your market uh, that you want your company to to stand for right you know plant those flags in the ground and then create a, a rallying cry within your organization around them right and, and, and we've talked a lot about this pandemic that's created this environment of change uh uncertainty and, and, and the pace of change were things we were we were facing prior to this pandemic and those things have just hastened right and so um it's a great time to 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 evaluate whether or not those shared values are antiquated right old uh outdated um and and maybe you need a new mission statement uh maybe you need a new just overall value proposition right um in terms of who you want to be known by you know maybe it's time to sort of reinvent uh the manner in which you go to market, right? Uh and who your product and service uh uh you know may want to resonate with. So I think it's a great time uh to assess, you know, your 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 shared value statements, not necessarily change if there's no if there's no need for it, but you know, where there's opportunity to change and tweak, I think it's a great it's a great time to do it
0: great great so we have one more we have one more question for you and this for the folks listening this was not on the uh, on the list of questions that either alex or bobby knows about for the <laughs> session today and so i want to throw one more wild card in there so alex shared with our listeners today that uh he's going to be a new dad here shortly and so you know we're also very happy for him so a question for you bobby that i thought would be good for our listeners out there and for alex as well is you know some advice that you would have given your younger self on on being a father and being a professional and, and how to kind of balance that and and that that set up <laughs> nice <laughs>
2: <laughs> so andre asked me a tougher question huh uh, so uh well first of all congratulations alex that, that, is, a, uh, that is a life-changing uh and um an, an amazing thing fatherhood so so congratulations Tanya, you you know, I would say that I would tell my old self uh, it, precisely what you mentioned, that, that balance, right? You know, so I, I found myself almost, you know, becoming exclusively focused on fatherhood early on, right? You know, and uh, you know, probably to the detriment uh, of some of the progress I could have made in my career, you know, during those early years. <clears throat> and so, you know, not that I regret it, you know, it was a foundational uh, time and, and we were able to build, you know, strong foundation, you know, between my, 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 my particularly my oldest child and I at the time. But, but yeah, it, it was a time I went fairly silent, you know, in, in, in my professional um, career and, and, you know, some of the movers and shakers that were peers at my time sort of, you know, went to different places, you know, in their careers. And so while I don't regret it, I probably would have struck a a, a better balance You know, when you think about, you know, the infant toddler period and there's the little league period, you know, and then there's a preteen period. And all these things can engulf you, man, and and you don't want to miss anything. I was one of those guys that didn't want to miss anything. Uh, And so, um, I mean, you're going to develop your own sort of um, kind of compass in the way you you, you, you go about fatherhood. But just keep in mind uh, that ultimately we're there to support. You know, um, our children, you guys mentioned kind of short term and long term focuses. And so, you know, while we want to get uh, all in in that short term, we, we got to remember that, you know, we're there to to put a long term support system in place, too. And and those are some critical earnings and professional years too that, uh, you know, that that you're going to be in the middle of. So easier said than done. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that strike that balance. I got you.
1: I would definitely take that to heart balancing fatherhood parenting as well as business and professionalism all in one um and planning your flag for your company as well because all the great companies out there aren't just about sales and profit but they're also have a clear company
0: identity and stand for something and we want to thank you for coming in today Bobby I appreciate that yeah man thank you that was some great insight both you know professionally and personally I think uh for our listeners out there and you know, for, for Alex and myself, it was great to hear as well.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate these calls, guys. It, uh, it it allows me to reflect. I'm still thinking about that last question. You know, it was, it was said to me, you know, over a decade ago out of my business school graduation. I never remember it. I never forget it. But um, the dean of the business school, while we were graduating, said that there's no professional success uh, that can make up for uh, family failure. Right. You know, so um, that to me, you know, is the essence of the type of balance, right? That that those of us who aspire to lead businesses and and uh, work at high levels need to just kind of carry with us. So,
0: so no, I appreciate the time and look forward to the next one. That was great insight from Bobby Dixon. I think his in, insight into the necessary strategies and shared values for it, for an organization is really key. And I'm glad we got to hear that from him. So lighting up a little bit, we're gonna head into the cool down now. And we're gonna start with what we're reading and listening to uh, over the last couple of weeks. So Alex, why don't you go ahead and go first? Uh, for me, uh, just working on my growth personally, I've been reading, We're
1: Pregnant. First Time Dad's Pregnancy Handbook by Andrea and Colt. Uh Me and my wife are expecting our first child, so I'm trying to get myself ready for that. I was going to say, that's a little
0: that's a little sneak for everybody that's listening. Congrats <laughs> to Alex, man. We're super excited for him and his wife. Thank you. Thank you. And also, just on the my professional growth side, I've been reading The Trusted
1: Advisor by David Meister. Um, It's a great book, um, especially for consultants out there that want to um, be more of an advocate to their clients and not just
0: the... You know, just a project manager telling people what to do. Yeah, that's a great book. I've read that one as well. And I think it's really important to understand that balance. So I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, For myself, I've been diving into the art of negotiation with Chris Voss. So he is a ex-FBI hostage negotiator. Um, So I've spent a lot of time watching that. I've actually watched a lot of his classes with my wife. Uh, So that'll be interesting to see how that pans out with us and our in our uh, relationship as far as her using those (laughs) against me. But I know professionally it'll be really good as well. I've also been rereading through Ray Dalio's principles. Mm -hmm. I think that we are in a very interesting time economically and understanding his perspective on this, I think will only help how I invest, how I work with my clients and how I grow professionally. So uh, I think that's really good stuff. Yeah, that's definitely a good read,
1: definitely coming out of COVID right now and with the economic world and trying to get yourself back to balance and, and reconnecting yourself with that. Sounds great. So let's jump into our first big three,
0: the key steps to cultivating success in your organization. What's your first one, Tanya? All right. So my first one is balancing the art of what's possible versus what's practical. So I think a lot of times we focus on visionary folks in businesses, and that's great. And you should be visionary. but You have to balance it with what you need to do now and what you need to do in the immediate future. Solid, solid. So my first one is connect the changes you make with the
1: vision of your company with your organization. It's more important to communicate the mission statement to your employees than to your customer. So everyone can go out with the same philosophy and the same
0: views and the same mission to make sure that your company is being seen in a great light. That one's very important. I mean, we heard Bobby talk about it earlier, right? Shared values and how important that is for an organization. So I think that's a great one to share. And I think people should definitely focus on that. My next one is to uh, find systems within your organization and review them for efficiency and it and like how effective they are. I think that a lot of times we get complacent with the systems we have in our organizations, um, and in our lives, right, as well. And so I think constantly reviewing that or having a, a cadence with which you review those things is really important. Solid. My second one is <clears throat> to give all of your employees opportunity
1: opportunity to, to contribute to this, to a shared purpose. Uh, you know, make your employees feel trusted, feel wanted, feel needed. Um, it's very helpful for their mindset and gives them a sense of ownership in the business as well as the projects that they're currently working on.
0: Yeah, my third one actually goes pretty well in line with what you just said. So for me, it's investing in your people, but really specifically hearing from them when it comes to innovation, insights, and ideas. I think that there are a lot of organizations that have you know, the cliche thought box, and mm-hmm. I think that the comment box, thought box, I think that can be actually leveraged to a lot of good use. For example, I had a client that had someone actually build a full chat bot without direction from any of their managers because they felt like the organization needed it. So I think listening to your people is, is important.
1: And the funny thing is, I know Tanya and I are talking and these are all sounding related and we have no idea what we're gonna say before we start doing this. We don't this. share
0: it at all before
1: then. <laughs> but my third one goes into recognize and reward value contributions. So it goes right into right into what Tane was just talking about with this guy building a chat box for his company that needed it, um, and just to make sure that uh, your company has emphasized having a uh, recognition rich culture, um, also tends to have dramatically lower turnover rates. So helping out, um, showing recognition, um, giving praise where it's due, Definitely a solid, uh, solid point for cultivating success.
0: That's awesome. Well, now we're going to lighten it up a little bit. I know we talked about some practical things you can do in your business, in your life, and that big three, but I also thought it was applicable since we've been in quarantine for a while now to do a big three of things that we've done entirely too much <laughs> during <laughs> during quarantine. Okay. So
2: just
1: gonna, I'm just going to go straight into Bob. I'm just going to wrap off, right, off. Go there. ahead. First one, I purchased way too many puzzles. <laughs> and I'm way too, too many. <laughs> I thought like, oh, yeah, I'm going to knock these out. I'm going to hang some up. Still only had, I'm still only done one. Second, too many bulk buys on Amazon.
0: I needed one loofah, and now I have a box of six. So <laughs> here we are. And when it shows up at your door, like I said right. earlier, man, <laughs> when it shows up at your door, Amazon's got it figured out. The third one... Walking to the fridge or pantry
1: and realizing some of your favorite snacks have been out of stocks for weeks, <laughs> I literally couldn't find Captain Crunch in any grocery store for about three weeks, and it was hurting my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I know that there are definitely some times that that we've had to go back and forth, and it actually leads into my first one, which is I've I've had a case of Topo Chico every week. It's I mean it, it's aggressive, and I feel kind of bad about it. Very but aggressive. in the last week the stores by my house have been out completely. So I'm kind of, my number one ties into your number three. Uh, (laughs) My second one is said, hey, let's take a walk. I've probably gone on at least two to three walks a day with my wife every day. It's been great, don't get me wrong, but the fact that I've said that many times, it's just started to get to me. (laughs) Uh, Last one is, and this one's kind of funny, so I've read so many emails that start with, I hope you and your family are well during this time. (laughs) I mean, I get the intent and it's great, but I think we've reached a point where everyone understands that. Let the people check up on you, Tanya. G's. We care about you. I got an honorable mention as well. So my honorable mention was there's been so many times where I've been in my home office and I may be finished for the day. And, you know, I'm looking forward to going to dinner and can't do it or whatever. So my honorable mention is looked up trips to places I can go as soon as quarantine is over. I think I've spent significantly too much time on that as well. We were just talking about Blake, Travis and Austin trips. And now here we are. (laughs) Here we are, man. So I think those are good. So we covered a lot today as far as disruption, personal development, some things to take away from quarantine. I hope people spend a lot of time on looking at themselves and looking at what they can do to better themselves and the business going forward. So, we're going to sign off today as always, you know, take time to breathe and focus on your current situation. Adversity breeds ingenuity and wise counsel leads to sustainable results.